Thank you, Lord. He has been so good to us. Give the Lord a hand clap. Yeah, dear Lord. I'm just thinking back. Uh, you know, you do that as you get older. You think back and try not to remember the bad stuff. But uh, the good stuff, I just can't help. I, I, just, just to say, I can't believe how uh, the Lord put Julie and I together. And uh, we actually went to the same school. Uh, primary school and high school. Hardly, we probably saw the man land on the moon together through a little black and white TV in the school library. 1969, I don't know. We were in that, crammed in that little library and uh, grainy image. Uh, but we did, definitely didn't know each other then. And I was so petrified of girls. I mean, um, but the Lord is so good and uh, he's turning all things around for good to those that love him. Who's loving God at the moment? Who's loving God? I hope you're doing that during the week and finding moments where you are just, you know, morning, noon and night, just having a time where you uh, are just finding your equilibrium which I always thought was a fantastic word when I was as a kid, that I knew a word called equilibrium that didn't really, wasn't really... <laughs> yeah, that's not, no, that's Charlie. That, that, those genes went to Charlie, boy, and, um, and Joey. And uh, got to be careful. I've got nine grandkids, can't leave them out. And, uh, but I, I, I love the, 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 the word equilibrium because I think we're going to be fighting for that uh, forevermore, just to have that, I guess, balance, that peace, that Andrew, shalom, that peace, that feeling like you are blessed, that the Lord is good, and that you are managing well, I think, is in every situation, Julie's saying. So, Father, we thank you. What does it, what does it mean, Pastor? Shalom peace in every situation oh I love that no matter what's going on thank you father we love you Lord God even when your grandkids are running through the house and breaking your precious ornaments uh, thing chasing the dog now we've got a little dog but Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for truth uh, personified through you, Jesus. You are the truth. I want to talk about truth this morning. And I think we're being assailed uh, every day with, um, with, with lies and uh, error and um, all sorts of nonsense. So Father, I pray that your truth would be revealed in this house today and that is you Jesus you are the way the truth and the life and the saints say amen, amen. God bless you you can take a seat thank you team you did so well our drummer is in Tamworth and we're talking about the overcoming spirit part six and just to reiterate for those people who haven't uh, been listening but we're on a series a prophetic series of how to overcome we're realizing, isn't that wonderful? Thank you, Pastor Julie, what you've done with the graphics there. I throw her late in the evening, uh, what I'm talking about, and then she, uh, as a baby boomer, struggles to work the PowerPoint on her new computer that, that uh, I think you just do so well, darling. We are living in different days. Uh, we are living in uncharted territory, I'm repeating myself a little bit just for those people uh, to understand that we are on a series. The overcoming spirit, I want to talk about truth. It's a new season, I believe. We've turned a corner since 2000, or two, uh, 2019 uh, for the church, the body of Christ, you and I in the earth. It's a new season. I think we've got to get used to that. We're in a transition. Uh, we need a new strategy to accomplish the plans and the purposes of God um, on the earth this day, we've got to absolutely, the Bible says there's a scripture in 
2 Samuel 14.14, like water that is uh, spilled out on the ground that cannot be recovered, the Lord gives ways and devices to... The Lord gives ways and devices that no one should perish. And I really do believe that's where, where we're at right now in terms of every demographic, old and young, the youth. You need strategy for now. You need what God is saying now. Uh, Even to read your Bible. The things that you practiced all those years ago now don't work. And we do that with diets, don't we? Oh, that didn't, that sort of worked. But now it doesn't work. And I'm changing things up now. And, uh, you know, and there's so much great technology how to be healthy these days. There's just no excuse. I mean, truly, I mean, someone's getting guilty right there. I'm sorry. Um, But... There is so much strategy and technology out there, how to better your health. And I think there's so much technology and strategy, ways and devices, how to live a better life for the Lord. Amen? So we're going to continue with our series. It's the overcoming spirit. Uh, We're in a new season. I said that, and I'll reiterate this also. I believe we need, and we preach this, that we need a spirit of the fear of God. Not a spirit of fear, but the, 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 fear, the spirit of the fear of God. The Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and sound mind. Amen? And so I believe there was a great exchange. Even people that simply had a, had a belief in God, maybe a, a God consciousness towards God, uh, and, and maybe a fear towards God was, was exchanged for the fear of, of life itself the fear of the virus and the fear of walking out your door. I mean, the enemy's so conniving. He wants us to trade in the fear of God for the spirit of fear. Who believes that? And I believe that was a strategy. So we talked about the fear of God. We talked about abiding and having an intimate place of knowing God and walking from a victorious perspective through storms, trials, tribulations, even through the worst and most shocking news. We need to learn how to study the Word of God. I, I believe that this is the, the time when we need the truth. We need to gird our loins with truth. And I want to talk about that a little later. I want to talk about uh, how to use your authority through the truth, through the Word of God, to declare, to prophesy into your situation and into the life of this church and into the life of our nation and towards Jerusalem to help that huge situation that's happening there right now. Amen? And if you have the word, if you have the truth, you can prophesy to that. Amen? Just like David did. He knew the covenant. He knew that giant shouldn't have been cussing out God's people because he knew the covenant that is in Deuteronomy. He, he said, no, this ain't right. No. Now, you come against me with spear and jail, I'm going to come against you in the name of the Lord. And so those, those things that are, you're dealing with in your life, whatever they are, you can come against them in the name of the Lord. Amen? But you've got to stand up for yourself. You, you've got to, you know, faith is voice activated. If you never open your mouth with a, with a sense of authority and purpose and covenant um, truth about it, things could very much stay the same. Amen? So, let's meditate on this. And I'm very mindful during the week how you're all tracking. And I thought this would be good to meditate on just very quickly. A prayerful believer is going to soar above the storm. God is calling his people to rise above fear and negativity, sickness or pain. We must fly above the storm so you can have a different perspective and overcome what is beneath your feet. Amen? You must walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and wait for the right stream of wind to blow in your direction so that you can fly, that you can ascend. Say ascend. And keep up there soaring above your circumstance of life. That is a beautiful feeling. Some people are addicted to flying. Some people like bungee jumping and wingsuits and that. 
but you can spiritually fly. You can ascend above your circumstance of life and find a sense of ascendancy above all the drama of life. You can do that through prayer. And that's what's actually being practiced uh, these days, the ascendancy of your spirit unto the Lord. It's one of the great prophetic revelations that people are having now. For you mystics, it's a, a, a lot easier. For other people who are wired differently, it's, it's a lot harder. So, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We can be strong through this time. Uh, Despite all the plates we're spinning and all the demand on us, we can be strong. And that is a great ending to a, a magnificent chapter of being, I mean, that Isaiah 40 it is Isaiah saying, yeah, the people are really banged up about, I mean, they've just been overtaken by the Assyrians and uh, they've been really mangled and, and the Lord's saying, speak tenderly, words of comfort. If you are a voice, speak tenderly, words of comfort. It says right there, Isaiah 40 verse 1. It's not time to bluster truths at people. It's time to, 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 it's time to prescribe counsel with love and tenderness to your people who don't even know God and say to them, I hear what you're saying. It is tough. Not go, oh, no, you can get over that. You know, get over it. You know, it's a great Aussie say, get over it. No, no, people need a prescribed, a prescribed ministry from you. The good news is if you're saved with Christ, the hope of glory inside you you do, in fact, have an overcoming spirit inside you. That song, it's an old hymn. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that lives in me, the hope of glory. You just got to tap into this stuff. So the Lord is calling us to pray, to stand, persevere with an enduring faith, with an overcoming spirit. Let's pray. Let's pray this. Uh, I, I think I've got it up on the screen. Tell me when it comes up. Father, let's all say together. Father, is it? All right. Here we go. Father, as we seek to know you and your will in our lives, as we desire to lay hold of all those things that Jesus paid such a high price to give to us, let your Holy Spirit lead us and guide us into all truth. Father, cover us in the blood of Jesus and set a hedge about us to keep us safe in the center of your will. Let your angels have charge over us according to Colossians 1.9. Let wisdom, revelation, and knowledge of your will be established in us. Now, when you see that word knowledge, remember the word knowledge in Galatians 1.9, it's a Greek word and it's epinosis. Say epinosis. Epinosis is an experiential faith, an experiential knowledge. Who really knows that God is their provider, that God is Jehovah Jireh in their life? Put your hand up if you know that. See, these people have done the Malachi test. They've put God to the test. They gave, despite the circumstance of life, God met them in unusual and uncommon ways, maybe, in ways that they knew, no, that is not coincidence. That is God meeting my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus, amen? And I could tell you multiple stories of how God has met the needs of my family, personally. And I hope that that is your case, that you're not walking out your days in self-sufficiency. I'll do it. I'm an Aussie battler, and I'll get through this. Lord, you don't have to worry about my finances. I'll manage them for, for myself. Amen? But when you put everything, like we sang that song, everything into his hands, guess what? You can trust God that he will meet you. He's sufficient, 
He's able. He can do it. And when you come to that place in your life, I tell you what, it's a beautiful thing. When something dramatic happens, an event, something radical happens, and you can reach out to God in a nanosecond and say, Lord, you know my heart, you know my situation, and He comes to you quite brilliantly often. Is that right? It's a beautiful thing when you can trust God explicitly and know that you've given everything to Him. I love that prayer. So epinosis, you can see that in 2. In 2, in two Peter 1.3, His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. I wish He'd give me a better golfing game. I was miserable yesterday. But He has given us all these things to be godly. Through the knowledge, through the experiential faith, epinosis, of him who called us by his glory and virtue. I was standing there. I was feeling a little bit jaded for some reason. I played golf yesterday. I maybe shouldn't have because it just wasn't a good experience. And, um, but I thought I'd road test. I gave myself the excuse. I'd road test my message. And I was trying to stay away from the swearing men and... Um, and I was road testing my message. And so, yes, I do play with some heathen golf players that I truly love. They're some of my best mates. I'm still working on them to get saved. And, um, but as I'm road testing it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, th this is going to work. This is good. Uh, but at the same time, I'm thinking, well... Maybe I shouldn't be out here. It's a terrible, I'm having a terrible game and I should have stayed home to road test it in the privacy of my study. Our topic today is about truth and I believe this, that we are being assailed by all kinds of media, education to a degree. I'm not writing education of please, if you're a teacher or some please. But there's ways... Things that are happening through even the education, the universities and so forth. The voices, the opinions, the propaganda, the, the, the government edicts. Uh, call it a mind siege. There is a battle over your mind, the battle for truth. And I think, I don't have to bring it up, but you can see the... Um, the, the dichotomy of thought towards what is happening in Israel and towards the Jews in particular. I'm going, what? Do you really believe that? You really believe that as a truth? Uh, and and it's, it's a terrible thing. And because we stand for religious truth, the truth about God's relationship with humanity and moral absolutes that we have, moral truth, meaning right and wrong, historical truth, scientific truth, we are in the firing line of a postmodern world that has turned their back on God. By the way, the greatest truth in the Bible, Jesus died for the sins of the world, and only those who believe will reap the benefits of his death and resurrection. John 3.16. God responds to faith. And so we're praying that in these days, that people, your friends and mine, your relatives, extended families, are starting to wake up in these days and placing their faith towards God. I talked about our mind... In fact, our Christian faith, I believe, is under siege. And so, I've had this book for a number of years. Tim LaHaye, many of you would know him, Christian writer, apologist. Um, I've had this book for about 20 years, and I think it was written in the year 2000. If, awesome. And, and it's called Mind Siege, The Battle for the Truth in the New Millennium. This has been happening for a long time. If you're a study of sociology, they say from the hippie days, when that didn't quite work out, those clever hippies, because they just weren't absolute dropouts and, you know, not smart people, they actually went back to school 
back to university and become the professors now that are in those institutions, uh, especially in America. And they call that the Long March. So from the late 60s, it's called the Long March to get their solution to the problems of mankind and the planet, to get them into an ascendancy of position to be of an influence. It's one of the seven mountains. The seven mountain mandate is, uh, one of the mountains is the government mountain. <laughs> I've got Spider-Man in the, in the coming to rescue us, I hope. And he says this, the forward says this, our Christian faith is under siege. Author Tim LaHaye and David Nobel are sounding trumpets of alarm, calling us to wake up and defend our right to believe and behave as Christians. Already, Christianity has been silenced in our schools and driven from the public arena. Abortion rights, gay, lesbian rights, feminist rights, and atheist rights have virtually eclipsed any rights Christians used to enjoy. The authors insist that the conflict is between the biblical Christian and the secular humanist worldviews. This is a battle for our minds, a war to decide whether our thoughts will be shaped by the wisdom of men, of wisdom of men like Marx, Darwin, Freud, Freud and Nietzsche, or by the wisdom God shared through Moses, the prophets, the apostles, and Jesus. Amen? Um, Tim LaHaye and, and, and the, the author say, urge Christians to understand and combat the five basic tenets of secular humanism. Atheism, evolution, amorality. Amorality is, you know, it, it, it's someone who's, who says, I'm not sure if that's bad or good. I'm not going to cast judgment if that's bad or good. I'm amoral, amoral. Um, human autonomy and globalism. This was written in the year 2000. Dr. LaHaye says this book examines and explains secular humanism in simple terms so that the man on the street and in the pew can both understand its danger and be motivated to oppose it. As Christians, we dare not remain neutral in this battle. Elijah cha challenged Baal on Mount Carmel. Our Lord backed down Satan in the desert. The Apostle Paul took on the pagan philosophers on Mars Hill. In the same way, God's servants today must rise up to oppose Satan's strategies to take over the land. As concerned Christian, be sure that you are fully informed about the threat we face as humanists encroach on areas of life we once considered sacred and safe. And so he says, let this book equip and encourage you to stand strong in the Lord. And that's all about the media bombardment that we basically are facing every day through everything, including music. You know what I mean? And especially the, the, the lamestream media. Did I say lame or mainstream media? Sorry. Um, please, you need to get your updates from the Lord. Whose report are you going to believe? I would believe in the report of the Lord. I go to the hospital. One of my children had an accident. The doctor said, just leave that part of the finger off. Oh, no. <laughs> No, that finger's going back on. And, oh, well, you can have a second opinion if you want. Bit of mockery there, bit of, I know best. I'm the professional. Yeah, I'm hearing that, but still, I'm hearing another report. I'm hearing the truth on the matter. The personification of Jesus and God is truth. Faithful is God. He's, yeah, I mean, we knew that she's going to, play piano and uh, no, no, that, that finger needs to go back on. And this other guy, way more considerate, way more, he's a, got wisdom, he's an older statesman of a doctor. He says, oh, I think we can put that back on, I think we can. Yes, and, and dutifully pacifies us by saying, I think it's going to be all right, young parents. Fantastic, that's what I thought. That's the guy I'm, I'm, I'm you know, that, that's the report that I want to hear. Amen. The report of the Lord. 
Now, the Bible states in the last days, the deception of Satan will be prolific. Mm, I'm doing all right for time. 1 Timothy 4.1 says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. You can see in Jeremy Johnson, the prophetic guy, one of his last posts is talking about some doctrine that's getting out there that something's already happened and it hasn't. And so... Um, and then even Jesus, uh, what about Jesus when he says about the last days? One of the key things that when the disciples ask Jesus, says, so what's it going to be like? How will we know? The first thing that Jesus almost says, he says this, the spirit of deception will be rampant in the last days. This is the first thing he says. 24:24 Matthew, for false Christ... Who's the false Christ? I'll let you know in a minute. And false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Now, we know a certain religion is waiting on the Mahdi, a Messiah. They're waiting on their Messiah, who's going to usher in peace and harmony on the world. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't want like to mention them, it's just... The good news is eventually, Revelations 12, 9 says, So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil, and Satan, who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out. So the father of lies is eventually cast down in Revelations 12, 9. But then it says, Colossians 2, 8 says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the element, elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than of Christ. Amen? So Paul says, and you can put the armor photo up, the, the spare one if you want. Paul's instruction in Ephesians chapter 6, open your Bibles if you like, just do that, and from 10 to verse 18, I'll just quickly go through this because you may have heard it already, but this armory, Paul, this is in Paul's day, and the Roman centurion, the Roman soldier, is wearing all this armory that Paul said, I can use this as an analogy, I can use this as an image of what the born-again believer needs to do by putting the armor of God on, amen? So let's have a little fresh look at that. God has indeed given us the tools we need to live in victory to be an overcomer. Thank you, Father, that you have. So firstly, Ephesians 5.8 says, For you were just, just, yeah, Ephesians 5.8, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and the truth. I believe in these days we need to walk in the light, in the truth. If we have the truth, if we're wrapped in truth, we can walk in the light. People will see it, people will believe it, and people will get saved when that happens. So it says, be strong in the Lord. So let's turn our Bibles back to Ephesians 6.10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord in the power of His might. This is after this... Um, in Ephesians, it talks about our, basically in Ephesians, it talks about our position in God, uh, our, our doctrinal, Paul makes a brilliant case of the church, the people of God. He says, this is your position as a born-again believer. And it's all wrapped up in truth, and love. That's the theme of Ephesians, if you look at it. The major theme of Ephesians is about the glorified church, which is start, we're starting to see now. The ascendancy of the church is coming out. It, we worship God without a bass player and drums. For so long, we needed bass. Boom, boom, boom. Drums. And then we felt like we were in the glory because we were being, you know, we just felt that, those good vibes of music that we all love. But then Matt Redman sings the songs when it's all stripped away. 
Remember that song he sang? When it's all stripped away, will we worship God then? Will we worship God without the drum? Worship about you. It's all about you. When it's all stripped away. This one, I was just so chuffed with you, church, to hear your voices behind me. And we're singing the praises of the Lord. Well done, guys. It, it's not easy when you take the, the, the rhythm section out. But you guys did so well. Thank you, Roger and the team. So the first three chapters is your doctrinal position, who you are and your right position, your righteousness, your authority, that which you have in Christ Jesus if you're a born-again believer. Then the, chapter 4 talks about what do you do with that? And he, and he says, this is what you are to do. This is how you walk your life out in this wonderful position. It talks about child raising. It talks about loving your wife as Christ loved the church. And it talks about, and finally in chapter 6, he says, finally, my resting argument. Finally, I say to you, be strong in the Lord. And in his mighty power. He's, he's, he's saying, to be able to do this, what I've, what I've propositioned you to do, because Ephesus, the church in Ephesus, saved a region not unlike this region. 300,000 people were in Ephesus. And they were worshipping this 11 stories. Uh, one of the wonders of the world, Queen Artemis, Queen Diana was something that they were worshipping, all the people. Imagine all the people on the central coast worshipping a great big idol, Queen Diana. Queen, uh, the, 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 uh, what is it? Artemis, Queen Artemis. And they were worshipping. Paul came. There was a little church happening. Timothy had his, his church happening. But then Paul turned up and dropped in the blueprints from heaven into that church. It's like It's like a... You know, it's like dropping in like a, this motor, this, this dynamo, this, this, you know, this source of power that they had known. He said, no, this is our doctrinal position. Three chapters are right about that. Then this is what we can do with that power and that authority. And so he says, but finally, even when you're doing your, even as that, that temple topples, and people are getting saved. And they say historically most of Ephesus was saved. Yeah. And they traded in all their little artifacts, you know, all their little trinkets. And, 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 and they burned them worth millions of dollars. People, Imagine people en masse coming and burning all their Halloween stuff. Coming into Wyong and going, no, nah, we don't want that big spider. That's a might anyway. We, won't go, yeah, we don't want that thing because it celebrates something that's being defeated, guys. Those evil things have been defeated by Jesus. They no longer live. They no longer have a power. And, and it's, it's giving the illusion and it's teaching kids by a mind siege that these things are real. You know, Poor kids. Are, I mean, there's something about the flesh that can be gratified by images like that. And, and we're doing that to our children. It, it's an awful thing. But he says, Be, now, you can do all this great stuff. And yes, all that great stuff did happen in Ephesus. But he says, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. And in doing that, he's saying, if you are strong, let's go there, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Whose power is it? It's his power. It's his strength. And from the get-go of this church, Julie and I have realized that our wherefore-all, our, 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 our strength, our anointing, our ability to do what we were called to do was in the Lord. Amen? And I'm telling you people, when you're even struggling out there in general life, when you're struggling in life, bring that part of your life to the Lord and be strengthened. Housewives, whatever jobs and, and whatever you're dealing with, your strength can be in the Lord. 
the one issue that makes Christianity so revolutionary, powerful, is that we are not trying to do good works, trying to, to be strong. Our strength comes from the Lord. And our strength is in His righteousness of being well-placed in Him. So it's not about self-righteousness because that was the original sin. We can do it. I can do it. So Father, we just come before you with this armor this morning as my time is, is evaporating. I recognize, Lord God, to be strong in you, I have to put on the virtue of Christ. Now, this armory, can we put that picture back up? All this armory is, in fact, by virtue, um, the nature of Christ. Um, the helmet of salvation, the mind of Christ, that's what we need right now to protect our mind. You need to put, how do you do that? Ah, I'm going to lose my notes here because I'm, my time is now. How do, you, how do you do that? You need to be wrapped in truth. You need, every morning the priest would get up with the laver, wash his hands, or the Israelites would collect the manna. They would go to the word. They would go to the word in the morning. Can I recommend to you, in the morning, wrap yourself in the truth of God. Now, I just grabbed something, Julie. Didn't get what I wanted, but this will work. And as you wrap yourself in the Word of God, as you wrap yourself, as you gird your loins with truth, because this belt, leave it up there, this belt actually held up the breastplate of the soldier, the breastplate of righteousness that Paul talks about. That belt held up that breastplate of righteousness, protecting your heart from the assault of the world and even people. Remember, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and in heavenly realms and, and those things that are working connivingly through the media and through every media expression there is, is there, you've got to, in the morning, get your manna, pick it up, wrap yourself over your mind, over your heart, wrap yourself in this truth to protect yourself as you walk through this world. Because right from the get-go, as soon as you start scrolling, you are being bombarded by falsehood. Say falsehood. And there's only one way to combat falsehood, and that is with the, the truth. Over your mind. Now this belt, this belt, of truth that Paul talks about was placed around the waist and it was central, absolutely central to the Romans' armory and it held his sword. It held a little dagger. It held a little rope and, and a couple other little tools that you will need in the spirit. That truth that you have can be used by the tools of the trade in accessory prayer. Declaring, decreeing, interceding. They're my tools that I hold as I walk out my days. On Now, we find nowhere in Scripture where Paul says, oh, take off the armor on Sundays. Take off the armor on Monday. He, he never says that. We are in a conflict where you've been set down in a conflicted world. Now, the Christian lifestyle alludes to you can have a nice life, 
But hardly ever and never does the Bible have the word nice. And people think God is nice. God is not nice. God is good. And God is the truth, the infallible, faithful truth. And Jesus came and personified that truth by all his behavior and good works and declarations. You need the truth. The truth will set you free. The world has taught you you're this, you're that, or you need to be this or that. No, the Bible says you're God's creation. Jesus loves me. A theologian was asked, what's one question I can ask a born-again believer to find out how mature they are in the Lord? He said this, I think it was John Stott or someone like that, or J.I. Packer. He said, ask them, what does it mean for them to be a child of God? Now, I'll be a bit more clear. What does it mean to be a son of God or a daughter of the Lord? A child, let's keep it at that, a child of God. And if they stumble over that fact of what it means to be a child of the living God, you can know straight away that their identity has not been perfected as a born-again, spirit-filled son or daughter of God. That they may, in fact, have a philosophy about God called the Bible, called Christianity. Or it could be a lifestyle choice because I, the church is such a pleasant place. I bring my kids there. They love it. They, you know, they put on some lovely hospitality. Uh, this is a fa fantastic place. I, I, I get a game plan of faith, hope, and love. Of course I'm going to love church. But church is not a philosophy. Church is the pillar of truth, the Bible says in Timothy. Ooh, and we are being assailed to be that institution called God's pillar of truth. And they want us to tone it down. They want us to dumb it down. They want us to change our views on certain subjects by mind siege. I'm reminded that the armor is all on the front. It's nothing on the back. I know the scripture says that the glory will be your rear guard. But the armor on the front is about this. The Lord doesn't want you looking back. The Lord wants you looking forward. See, when you accepted Christ as Lord, you've got to keep marching on. You don't walk back. You don't go, oh, hang on. The church talks about money. Look, I, come back when you stop talking about money. Oh, they, they're going to pray. No, tell me when you stop praying. We've we got to be so careful. Four times it talks about standing. Have a look at this, just quickly. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of, the, of God so that you can stand. Say stand. Against the devil's schemes. The devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people, although people do get involved. For our struggle is not against that they get caught in the crossfire, flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after they have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness over your heart and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Andrew talked about the gospel. He talked about the gospel of peace. He talked about the peace of God, being able to stand in a conflicted world with peace because you're wearing the armory, the peace of God that says in Philippians, this peace would be beyond man's understanding. It's beyond man's. When you stand in Christ in covenant with him, this peace, you can stand in the middle of a tornado. When I first started becoming a psychiatric, when I first got a job as a nurse, as a psychiatric nurse, crazy stuff was happening. I was age 17, Parramatta Psychiatric Center. 
and, and these olderness were running around. I could tell this was a really inflamed situation. I don't know what it is, but I just had this composure just to take stock of it. Because uh, I always saw my dad do that. Even when things were crazy, he'd always, and then he'd interject. And one of the nurses said to me, wow, you're, you're so peaceful. You've you got a real strong composure for such a young lad. I said, well, it's just what I do. But that peace is a supernatural, th it's, it's, it's a supernatural thing when you've got the peace of God, let me say that. It's, it's a brilliant thing to have. All right. John 18, 37. I'm poor guys. I'm all over the place here. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For the cause I was born and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, what is the truth? What is the truth? So if you're a born-again believer, you will be questioned. You will be asked questions. But we are called to stand, to keep standing. Four times he says, stand, stand. Four times um, the, the, the scriptures talk about the Holy Spirit as the spirit of truth. Again, get with the Holy Spirit. Woo, I love my Holy Spirit times in my garden and my walks. And, and, and when Julie goes out of the house. <laughs> and she says, I need to do my nails. Oh, I'm so sorry to see you go. <laughs> or she's got to go somewhere. And I go, oh. Look, I'm, I'm going to terribly miss you. Not. Um, because we are dead set. Look, truly, we're like Paul, Mac Paul McCarthy and Linda McCarthy. Apparently, we're peas in a pod. They just went everywhere to go. And Julie and I mostly are with each other a lot. <laughs> a real lot. So when, when she goes, I go, Holy Spirit, thank you. Oh, <laughs> You and me, baby. <laughs> and I loved, I loved, I love to wrap myself in truth. I love to study. I love to read the Bible. Uh-oh. Okay. Oh, prop mishap. Hang on, Holy Spirit. Sorry. I've got to put you down. <laughs> and, and wrap yourself in the love of God. All right. The priest was to wash themselves in the laver the first thing each day, which represented the cleansing of the word. The children of Israel were to gather the manna from heaven the first thing each morning, which represents the living word of God. These are the exhortations for us in the morning. Get up a little bit earlier if you have to and wrap that truth around you. You're going to need it before that world's going to assault you again. Amen. Overcome falsehood with the truth. And I'd love to have teased that out. The great deceiver, he's out there. He's in the detail. He's in, the, he's in everything that's, that's out there. Young people, listen. Listen to me. Listen to God. Listen to the truth. Have the truth. Put it on like a belt. Put it on, man. I mean, I went to golf once and I forgot to put my belt on. Having a bit of a belly now, I was able to get so far to the clubhouse, and, and I went, no, these pants feel like they want to come down. <laughs> Let's try that again. Oh, yeah, another half inch. And lucky I was in the golf clubhouse where they had belts for sale. $55 later, because golf belts are special, they stretch. I didn't want to spend $55, but I had to. Normal belt, because when you're doing these ones, you've got to have a stretchy belt. Put your belt on, guys. Helmet of salvation. Breastplate of righteousness. You are right with God. If you're born again and saved, you are right with God. Nearly done. Shoes of the gospel. Get your peace with God. Readiness. When you're at peace, you can... You can when you're hectic, 
when you when you when you uh, when you got dramas, when you got stress, you don't want to have. A, you're not reading people. You just go. <laughs> but when you when you're at the shopping center, when you're out and about, you're just you know. Inside, there's all this stuff happening around you, but you're in a groove, the peace of God. You're reading situations, you're reading people, and then you can offer the Word of God. The truth will set people free. That sword is in the belt. You can prophesy, you can declare, you can pray only so much without the truth. You need the Word of God. You're going to run out of enthusiasm and, and, and your own vocabulary, which can be quite reduced sometimes. So you need the Bible like David did when he went at that Goliath. You come against me, you spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. <laughs> he just had that one confession, the name of the Lord. He just had that one confession. He took down that giant. That's, that's, that's the truth that he had. He had that. Um, shield of faith. Shield of faith actually was also held up by the belt. The belt was central. When they did long marches, long marches, that shield rested on the belt. Not a stretchy belt from Wyong Golf Club. Imagine this shield and sword go down, up, down, up, down. No, it was leather. It was infallible, immovable truth of the living God. He's faithful. Mita is a Hebrew word meaning faithfulness. It stems from the nature of God who is truth. He is faithful. Breed. He is faithful. Somehow, some way, it's going to happen. You just got to hang on, hold on, and believe at his timing, by his volition of will, it's going to happen. People give up too soon. Stop praying. Stop believing. Stop giving. It will happen. He is the truth personified. Once you got that on your, holding your life up, all right, I need to close up here. You need the truth for these days. Satan and his falsehood, deception. It's crazy days out there, guys. And we overcome God, we, over, we overcome Satan with God, with the truth, with the armor that he's given us. The sword of the Lord, I mentioned that, the shield of faith, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, shoes of the gospel. Did I leave anything out? Tim Hall says, great book. Julie was ministering with him. Oh, yes, yes. Now I'm going to go straight to... I'm going to a quote by Tim Hall. Okay, you want me to read it from there? All right. How does this belt of truth relate to us? Jesus declared to us that he is the way, the truth, and the life. It is the belt of truth and integrity that comes through an intimate relationship with Jesus. It is the centrality of total integrity before God and man. Upon the total honesty, we can bear the burdens of patient endurance and carry our weaponry into the battlefield. It is the belt of a faithful, honest foundation that comes through wanting to please our Lord in every area of life. If this belt is not in place, nothing else holds together. It is the belt of foundation stability, foundational stability. And that is from his, that's from his book, Armed and Dangerous, Tim Hall. Give Tim Hall a hand clap. Incredible man of God. Let's all stand. God bless you as you do. Father, we put on the armor of God. Let's do that together. 
Now, this armour is Christ. We're putting on Christ. We're actually putting on the virtues of Christ. We're putting on the virtue of Christ in the many dimensions and many expressions. Father, from this day forward, in the morning in particular, like a soldier, I will put my armour on. I will dress myself accordingly. Verse 13, Ephesians 6, verse 13. Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Guys, we've been called to stand in these days. Stand for yourself, stand for your family, Stand for Christ Jesus, who is on the inside of you, the hope of glory. It is no longer you that liveth, but Christ who lives in you. And you've accepted Christ. Now you've got to stand for truth in this awkward situation called life and living. You are called now to stand for the truth. Or buckle, compromise, and sheepishly melt away. But I see people in front of me who are going to stand Paul says four times, stand, 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 stand. Guys, we got to draw a line in the sand and stand. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And when your feet, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. All the media siege, you're going to be able to put up the, the shield of faith and deflect the siege on your mind. Remember, the battle is of the mind. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray. Father, we put on Christ this morning. We wrap ourselves in light. We wrap ourselves in truth. Let's just do that right now. But every day, every morning, Lord, I choose to wrap myself in truth of who you are to me. Lord, I'm coming out of deception, falsehood. I'm coming out of the lives of the enemy, out of the lies of the enemy, out of the deception. I'm coming into the truth because the Bible says whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. Lord, help me stand, keep standing despite the lies, the vain imaginations. the things that assail my mind, that lie to me. Jesus, help me be impervious. From now on, from right this moment, of every lie that the enemy keeps bringing up, condemning me, shaming me, I rebuke it off my life, and I stand in my rightful position as a born-again, spirit-filled, child of God that that God loves so much that He sent His only begotten Son that whoever believeth under Him shall not perish but have life and have life forevermore Jesus I commit my mind my eyes my ears my mouth help me be a proclaimer of truth Help me sow. Help me be a good tree of good fruit. I stand accountable for every word that I've uttered. Help me not tell lies, half-baked truths. Let me be truthful to the uttermost parts of my conversation. Jesus, 
I asked for the Holy Spirit, you said, who was the Spirit of truth, to come alongside me, to rid me, to cleanse me, to sanctify me from every lie, every falsehood off my life. Now I ask the Holy Spirit to sanctify me with truth and love and peace. I wrap myself in the truth of God. Jesus, I need your Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, who will teach me all things. I will leave you the comforter, the counselor, who will counsel you, who will counsel you to the truth of the matter. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come alongside my life like never before and allow me to live in the light and the truth of Jesus Christ. And the saints say, and the saints say, and the saints say, come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Amen.